Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event. Fight fans worldwide, you've tuned into the number one undisputed boxing podcast today. This is the Boxing Breakdown. Now, your heavy-handed, hard-hitting host, Mark Roxy. What's up, what's up, what's up? What's going on, Harold? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of The Boxing Breakdown live on YouTube and streaming on all the uh, podcast uh, platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, you name it, wherever you get your podcast, you can check out the broadcast, share it with friends. Uh, we appreciate any shares. Um, thank you very much for listening in today. And uh, uh, we're delighted to be here. And Harold and I are going to talk about this weekend's uh, festivities. There was tons and tons of boxing this weekend. And while we can't cover all the exciting events that took place, because uh, that would be about an hour, two hour podcast, uh, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, two fight fights that uh, Harold has on his mind. So Harold, what you got, man? Well, the Ruiz fight was a great fight. It was, as it goes, old dog got some new tricks. And I was glad to see that. That's got to be really great for, uh, you know, the older fighters who know that they can actually go somewhere and get uh, work with and actually change their style because he actually did so. He was forced to, but he did resort to his training, which has only been, what, a few months? I don't know how long he's been in Rioso. But he actually implemented it, and he went on to win the fight by using that technique. So, I am very impressed with that. Yeah, man. I mean, he faced a very, very rugged um, uh, Christopher Ariola, man, right? And uh, that that was not as easy as they thought it was going to be. I mean, I think I think that um, Team Ruiz uh, thought it was going to be a little easier than it was. What do you think about that? Well, Joe Goosen had a great game plan for Ariola to win that fight. He got him down to a good weight. Uh, he kept the distance. He did what he was supposed to do, but he was unable to because of his maybe his age or his whatever. He just couldn't pull it off. But the plan was there. I mean, I could see it. He just couldn't continue to execute it. So I got to give Goosen a lot of love and Ariola for doing the best he could. His, his body was just like, well... I can do it so long, but just the the age precluded him from continuing to to apply that that game plan. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with you, and I think that you know Ruiz is. I mean, he's just young and hungry, and and man, what about the weight loss, Harold? Talk to me about the weight loss. How is that? I mean, the my my impression when I saw the before and after photos, man, I was like, yo. He he's um 
that's a transformation for sure. I agree with that. However, that weight loss did slow down his punch resistance because he went down in the second round, but he was rocked a lot. He kept almost going down to his knee about three or four times during that fight. And previously, when he had that weight on, he didn't he didn't get rocked or moved around like that. Even Lennox, uh, uh, after he uh, got up and started rocking Lennox, Lennox did hit him with some good shots, and he didn't rock at all. So uh, I don't know if the weight loss uh, helped him lose some of his, uh, his punch resistance or was Ariola that heavy-handed? I don't know which. We have to see what it looks like uh, going forward. But visually, yes, that weight loss was really something to see. I mean, he really did not have anything hanging over the belt, uh, you know, and he looked really great. I mean, he was still pretty light on his feet. I, you know, it was great. Yeah, man, his punch, his punch hands, his hand speed was pretty fast. So, so you could see some of the advantages that he had going into the fight. But I agree with you. I think that when you cut that kind of weight and you're used to being the bigger guy in the ring, walking through shots, you know, shelling up, you know, getting to the getting to the mark, being able to deliver your shots and know that you're not going to really be moved. I think you're right. I think that that. That should be something that they at least explore and and really talk a little bit about as a team as to whether or not, you know, he should be as a heavyweight a little bit, a little bit heavier. I mean, I, they can still, you know, you know, shape that shape the muscle and, and really make sure that the muscle is nice and dense. And uh, but I definitely think they should consider uh, taking a look at that because I agree. I think some of those shots like the straight right hand that landed on the on the jaw, you know, kind of put him down in the first round. And that, that was, um, that was, um, clear that the areola was really connecting and, and, and doing, uh, you know, doing good work. And I, and I, and I just hats off to Chris Ariola because, you know, they, their plan was working. They were doing a good job in the fight. It wasn't that they didn't do a good job in the fight. So, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, that that might have uh, ignited a spark in some of the fans and some promoters that there's more to Chris Ariola at this point as well. True. You have to give Ariola credit also. He came in at the lowest weight he has ever. Uh, well, it was second time, I think, but he was in great shape. He wasn't hanging over his belt either, and he looked really good. So uh, both of those fighters came in in great shape. So um, he should, Ariola should get another job. He really should. He should be called to fight uh, going forward because he, I, I really thought he did really well. Now, some of the judges only gave him one or two rounds, which was, you know, uh, what they saw, and I respect what they saw being a judge myself. Right. So he was kind of upset about that. So I can't really speak to that, but I know that as what I saw, he made a great account of himself. And I thought he threw a lot of punches, and I thought the fight was good for uh, the fans. Uh, it was good to see where Ruiz was. It was good to see where he was. And I think it really showed the trainer's acumen. I really think so because, like I said before, Ruiz ended up doing some work that Ruiz, that uh, uh, Reynoso implemented, and uh, Goosen had 
Ariola doing what he needed to do. So not only were the fighters fighting and boxing, uh, competing, but the trains were also. <laughs> yes, that's right. They were. They were competing. That's right. And uh, it, it was wonderful. It was really wonderful to see. So let's talk about you as a judge. Let's just chop that up for a second, Harold. Oh, let's break it down a little. Did you did you score the fight, you know, unofficially? No. Okay. And the reason I didn't do that is because when you have your judge face on, it's a whole different thought process. You're not looking for the nuances of trainer. You're not looking for their strategy. You're just looking for to who won each round. Okay? So, um, in my mind's eye, I was a fan. Now, overall, yes, I did judge it, not 10-9, 10-9, writing it down. I didn't do any of that. Right. Okay? Because I look at it as a, as a fan from this point, because I work a lot, so when I get a chance to enjoy it, I do so. But my mind always goes to who I think, who I think won. So, right. yes, Ruiz won. How many rounds he won? I'm not going to say because I can't really, I didn't really denote it as such. But I know that after the knockdown, he went to boxing and he won uh, quite a few rounds with that technique. Right, right. So the adjustment, uh, so you definitely noticed the adjustment that he made. Oh, that yes. oh, yeah. After the knockdown, he, he knew he needed to resort to something. And usually he would not necessarily have that, but he had that. He was able to do use that, and it was clear where it came from. Right, right. I agree, I agree. Um, so, you know, I mean, let's talk about... Um, from the standpoint of who 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 would you want to see Ariola fight? I mean, if Ariola could fight, you know who who's in who's in the in the frame for Ariola? Well, you know, you got the political divide, but Chisora would be a great fight. Uh, Dylan White would be a great fight. Um, uh, Parker, who Chisora just fought, would be a great fight because these guys are going to stand in the pocket and they're going to throw. Uh, Ariel is not going to go down. He's not going to go down. Right. So he's and he's going to keep throwing. So him, the other two gentlemen that I mentioned, that those would be some great fights. I right. mean, that would be some great fights. Right. Ariel has proved that he can be a a a, a fan favorite. You know, and that would be a good fight. And a couple of those fights, I think he has a chance to win. Right. And could win. No, for sure. You can never count. You can never count Chris Ariola out, man. I, I think that that is a mistake because, you know, if he's got it in his heart uh, and in, in, in his mind that he can continue to train and the level that he's training at and do the work with Goosen that he's doing, I definitely think that there's big things on, on the horizon for him. Uh, I, I definitely was impressed. And I was impressed with, with you know, uh, Andy Ruiz as well. I mean, they, bo they both uh, were just impressive in, in the fight. And I think it was good for fans. The only thing that I, I want to, I want your opinion on this. Do you think it really was worthy of a pay-per-view? Or was that just like, hey, let, like that should be boxing. That should be on, on, you know, what was your feeling on that? Well, the residual of his thing with um, uh, the champion uh, when he lost the belt and he gave it back because, you know, he that kind of fame and money just drops on you like that. It's it's hard to handle that. Yeah, for and, sure. You know, he didn't train, what have you. So 
the public was still enamored with, man, look what he did to Linux. But now, look how he's just super overweight. We want to see really what he did. And they want to see if that could carry over and carry a pay-per-view. That's the only reason I can see that. Because right. uh, it, it was such a drastic change from the loss, the win, and the loss, and how he lost. So, and uh, coupled with going to uh, Canelo's camp, all that could work its way into a pay-per-view, which it did. Right. I don't know what the numbers were, but it was palatable as a, as a pay-per-view. It was. It really was. Uh, just barely, in my opinion, but it, 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 did, it did do okay from what I can tell thus far. Right. Well, tomorrow we're going to find out. Monday, uh, you know, water cooler talk is going to be about what those pay-per-view numbers did. So I'm, I'm very, very intrigued to know. Uh, I can't wait to hear how how they did in the in the uh, in the box office because that, of course, is important. And um, so more to come on these two guys, man. So that's that's um, uh, fantastic, fantastic fight. Really good for boxing. Uh, great job. Hats off to everybody who had a role in, in making that fight happen. And then um, you know another fight that took place earlier on in the card. Um, I know. Uh, so why don't you why don't you deliver the goods for the earlier fight? Well, the fight that caught my eye just quickly was a Laura fight against Cornflake, which is your uh, one of your guys uh, that you know very well, and uh, you've done a podcast with him. Um, I've had I've had I've had um, Thomas. Cornflake Lamana on the program on the boxing breakdown, uh, I think two times, maybe even three times, two times, definitely. If you go back, if you you guys uh, are subscribing to the podcast, um, just go back and look at previous episodes. You'll you'll be able to listen to the podcast uh, with uh, Thomas uh, Cornflake Lamana and follow what he's been up to. Um, he's an amazing guy and, and really, you know, he's into promoting, he's got a promotion company, rising, rising star promotion. So, uh, he's into a lot of businesses. He's got a lot of things going on in his life. And, um, yeah, man, he, he, he had this wonderful, wonderful opportunity. And I would just want to preface this conversation by saying that, um, hats off to Thomas Cornflake Lamana, much respect for being able to get to a position to fight one of the best fighters in the division, if not the best fighter in the division, uh, arguably, um, and and someone who's just really, um, you know, has a place in boxing history, uh, Arislandi Lara. And that that is an accomplishment in itself, to be able to get to the place where you can have a fight like that. Um, you know, I always say, man, it's better to come up a little short in a, in a competition like that to, than to never have had the opportunity or never have competed. So, you know, you know, much respect to all the fighters to get up there and put their, their lives on the line to, to, uh, you know, for, for the fans really, right. For the fans. And yes, they, that we make a living and, and, you know, the, the fighters make a living, doing this but at the end of the day you know you gotta you gotta take your hat off to a guy who's willing to step up at the biggest stage and, and face a guy like uh Arislandi lara that being said it didn't work out for thomas cornflake lamana the way that he had hoped it would work out and i you know i um 
uh, my condolences for that, you know, but what was, what was your impression? Well, you prefaced his accomplishments. Uh, not many fighters are doing what he's doing as far as the promotion thing. Uh, I believe he has a, another, other, uh, another business also. Uh, he's, he's really young. Uh, he was able to put himself in a position to get this fight, right? Uh, and uh, he did quite a bit uh, uh, to sell the fight. Uh, he's, he's our technical guy, all of that. But we've got to talk about the fight. That's now, right. The fight itself, uh, as they say in, 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 in the vernacular, there's levels to this thing. <laughs> yes. And uh, the level that he was on was a different level than Laura. And to the train eye, which you have, I would like to think I have, uh, it, the level was obvious in the very first 10 seconds or so. I was able to see it was what it was. Yeah. Uh, it was a simple situation. But to, to, for, to, for Laura, he saw it in the, uh, immediately. He saw what he was going to do immediately. It was like the light bulb went off. And he just took his time and waited for that opportunity to arrive. Now, uh, he, he got hit, and he did a simple thing that you just don't do. You don't extend your arms when you're trying to block anything. Mm-hmm. And if you're put in a position where you end up doing that, you leave yourself oh, yeah. with hands in your pockets. Yeah, that's, that's a fundamental, so, basic mistake. Yes, but it wasn't that he wasn't didn't know how to not get in that position nor he hadn't been trained not to do that. He was coerced into that by the thanks and the movement of Laura. He knew how to get him out of that trained, understood position and make himself vulnerable. And And for the the listeners, Harold, not to cut you off, but for the listeners who are listening in on the podcast that are not actually watching the podcast, um, one of the, what, Harold was speaking about was the fact that Arislandi Lara fainted through a straight, he was throwing his jab right down the pike, throwing the one-two right down the pike. And what he did is um, once he got, uh, you know, Thomas Lamana closing up his guard for the one-two, he came around the corner with, with the shot and landed the shot around the corner um, of the gloves, and that's what put Thomas uh, Cornflake Lamana down um, with a surprising punch. But uh, Thomas Lamana actually reached out with both arms, leaving his entire torso, shoulders, and head completely exposed for a perfectly placed, precision uh, landed, uh, you know, punch. So that that's what we're talking about. Yes, absolutely. And it was well-placed. You, uh, you could see it coming. Uh, he went right around, as you said. Uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather, who I reference somewhat regularly, had this, has the same type around the world, around the guard type uh, left hook, if you will. Yeah. Laura was able to crouch down low. It came, it came, came low and ended up high. Yeah. So it was it was well I mean the torque was in there, the foot it was all there. I mean he and it was early in the fight, he was strong, he was fresh mentally, physically, it came and it delivered and it changed the fight. 
Yeah, man. And you know what? Now, <clears throat> I will say, I will say, his head did bounce off the canvas, which yeah. did help with the stoppage. Now, if he had been hit and he fell and he was able to hold his head up from hitting the back of the I mean, his head from hitting the, the, the canvas, he may have gotten up and been able to continue. But the initial punch was heavy, but the the, the, the hitting of the back of the head on the canvas helped. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point that you bring up because, and, and so as a, as an official, we, we, you know, we know, and you know that when a, when a, uh, a fighter is, is out before he hits the ground and, and his head bounces off the canvas, that's it. There, you're not, that's not going to continue. So when you see that kind of a concussion uh, where he's out before he even touches the ground, um, you know, nine out of nine point five out of out of ten times, that's going to be an automatic stoppage. There are rare cases, and I'll cite one. Okay, I will cite the um, Tyson Fury fight with uh, Deontay Wilder where he was out on his feet on the way down, his head bounced off the canvas. The, the ref is counting his eyes roll in the back of his head. He snaps back and, and sits back. He, like he, he actually rises up like as if he's possessed and he, and he beats the count and he's back in the fight. That is a once in a lifetime opportunity. My friends, I don't think I've ever seen that Harold. I mean that I, that's the one time I've seen that happen. I agree with that. The only other time I could say was someone was knocked out cleanly, but the ropes they fell on the ropes. The head did not hit the canvas to add a concussion, and they were able to kind of stagger up a little bit. But they were out. But when they hit the rope, they kind of woke up. Right? Had they fallen and hit the head too? But this way, they were out. They hit the rope. And they was able to kind of continue, but it, it ended. But rather bad, better that than hitting your head on the back of the canvas. Oh, but yes, yeah. the Tyson Fury rise from the dead, the Undertaker type uh, <laughs> of, 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 of <laughs> whatever happened. That was that was for the ages. That's yeah. true. Well, Harold, man, it's it's always a pleasure to chop chop it up with you on the Boxing Breakdown. I want to thank you for being on the program. Thank you for being with me, man, on Sunday night. We we just we just rip it on a Sunday night, man. There's nothing better than getting together with you and chopping it up, chopping up uh, some boxing. Uh, please, everyone out there, go and listen to some of the previous episodes. We will, tomorrow night, we will be having our good friend, Teofimo Lopez Sr. on the broadcast, provided that he is uh, uh, completely functional and ready to go tomorrow. We'll be very, very um, excited to have him on the program. We've got a lot of things to talk talk about with uh, Teofimo Lopez Sr. And um, I just I just can't wait, man. I can't wait to do it. It's going to be good. Okay. And then with that, I'd like to thank you all for being with us. Peace. And love, and we'll see you guys on the other side. Boxing Breakdown is out. Fight fans, join host Mark Roxy and special guests as they break down all aspects of the boxing world, including news, business, management, training, promotions, fan reactions, upcoming events, 
matchups, future boxing stars, title fights, state of the boxing world, and all the stuff you don't see when you watch boxing. This podcast is released each week on Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Live streamed on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook Live. It's the Boxing Breakdown, hosted by Mark Roxy.